You're listening to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, and I am your host, Toks Arutare. This is episode seven. Thank you for tuning in to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, where we don't allow our emotions to lead us. No, we do not. Episode seven is how to handle intense emotions. I am so thrilled that you have joined me on this episode because it means that we are growing as a family. Here's how I define a tribe of people. A group of people who share the same beliefs is quite simply because you and I believe that the bulk of our abilities lie untapped and we are not going to stop until every one of them has been unearthed and we start to use them all. But I think that at episode seven, I mean seven, we should be discussing anthems and family crests and other things that we share together, maybe even get t-shirts. We are family. We had an old friend visit to have a bit of a moan about his other half. Actually, to be honest, it was more than a moan. It was an attack on her and You know, she'd shared her side of the story and he came to give his own version because the scripture does say that it's a fool that makes a judgment without listening to both sides, right? So we're listening to him and I thought he was being unreasonable and at times he was also telling some porkies. (laughs) But I also recognized that it didn't matter what I thought because what mattered was what he believed. Whether his belief was wrong or right, whether it was true, whether it was a lie, his belief is or was his own reality. And I had to operate and address him from a space in his own world. I learned that you can never understand a person until you're able to get into their skin or under their skin and then enter into their world and see things the way they see it. Seek first to understand, then be understood is the fifth habit of highly successful people from that best-selling book. I think that that's a positive mindset to adopt when dealing with people. Whether they are good or bad, whether their argument is morally right or wrong, it helps to speak to them from the point of view of what's real for them. Because anything else you say... (laughs) outside of their reality, will sound irrational. In episode three, I talked about the luxury department store and the way their branding was merely a reflection of their history and values. What I have found is many businesses focus more on the branding on the outside and they have no worth on the inside. But the reality is what's going on inside, not what's going on around him or in, in his case, or what's going on around us, or what's going on outside of the business, is what's happening inside. That's the real deal. But there are also false realities. Like in the case of my, I guess, my friend who came to moan, his thoughts were likely to be a false reality, but it still needed to be addressed as though they were kosher, because that's what he believed. That said, it is easy to dismiss someone as being irrational when they have a genuine fear that's holding them back. And if that person is you, all the self-help books in the world 
all the coaches in the world, every single motivational speaker in the world will not make a difference to you because these people and these books are not addressing you from your point of reality. This means that it is necessary to face up to the fear that you have been carrying or whatever intense emotion it is that's driving your actions and not try to layer new knowledge over it. When my friend's ex, now ex-husband, was speaking to us, we could have said all the right things about the roles of a husband and a wife and the necessity to forgive and how to live happily ever after, but it would all have been pointless. That's what you say to people who are looking for a happily ever after, and he wasn't looking for that. And that's why I published the Inside Out Living podcast. Your existence as a human being, it did not begin in your mother's womb. First, there was a purpose. Then you were created to fulfill it here on earth. In the making of you, you were given gifts and abilities and a personality that will desire and successfully create or manifest that purpose that you were made for. You're not like a car with an engine but missing its wheels or a car that has everything but has no gear or no brakes. Everything that you were built to do, you actually have been equipped with it. So the trouble is not an inability to do things or a lack of gifts or anything like that. The trouble is that our gifts and talents have been buried and covered or swaddled with all kinds of limiting beliefs and mindsets, which makes accessing them difficult. So we end up living on the surface and we end up living from the surface of these emotions and these beliefs that are covering our gifts instead of living from our gifts themselves. In other words, instead of living from the inside out, we live from the out, <laughs> we live from the surface. I am currently working on providing courses and trainings that will help you remove those beliefs. So stay tuned. That said, I understand the reluctance that we have to dig deep and to unearth the stuff that's been buried because there's other stuff you're going to find. There's going to be situations that you don't know how to deal with and there's going to be stuff that you don't want to deal with. And it is this fear that keeps us living superficially instead of living from the inside out. I am learning to experience an emotion, especially the intense ones, without letting me drive my actions. And it's weird because the mild emotions I find are easy to control, but not so easy to recognize because they just kind of slide in and out. And you know, there's a slight irritation and there's this slight anger, <laughs> you know, and you, they would go by and you wouldn't even notice them, but they are easier to control. But the intense emotions, oh my goodness, they are smacking our faces, but they have the ability to drive our behavior unless we choose to get a handle on them. Let's take one common intense emotion, fear. Have you noticed though that when we're afraid, we feel the need to do something with it? It's not just fear actually, it's the same goes for joy. Joy makes us laugh, hug, dance. Joy puts a spring in our steps. 
Many countries are slowly easing out of lockdown. But do you remember the panic buying at the start? It was crazy. A psychologist explained the reason people were panic buying. When we're confronted with something as monumental as a plague sweeping the world, it elicits emotions of fear and uncertainty, which is understandable. But because there's a need for our feelings to be translated into a physical act, we have to do something. And when the prime minister tells us that the solution to this global pandemic is to wash our hands for 20 seconds, (laughs) this pandemic that will go on to kill 400,000 people worldwide and counting, that action is way too trivial. We feel that the action we are being told to take is not in proportion to the problem that we are facing. So we come up with a more sizable logical response, and that is to go to uh, Tesco's and Sainsbury's and Costco and buy all the pasta and all the flour. Thank you very much. Remember that at no time was a shortage of food announced, but people transmuted their fear into a catastrophic future and then acted on what they had imagined. Now remember that the beliefs that we are targeting, these limiting beliefs, these fears that hold us back, are all buried. So the feelings that would drive your action may not be immediately obvious. I don't think that people sat down and thought, there's a pandemic, let's go to the shops. It was just a reaction to a fear that was buried deep within. In previous episodes, I mentioned I've had a running battle several, if you like, with that same emotion of fear. I've ignored it, distracted myself from it, distanced myself. I have fought it. When it comes to shopping around for the opinions of others, for example, as detailed in episode four, that behavior is rooted in the fear that following your heart will result in failure. We have a fear of being authentic because authenticity exposes our hearts, which leaves it open for damage, makes us vulnerable. Our fear of failure, for example, stares us in the wrong direction. And these, amongst so many other reasons, is why we've got to work hard to unearth the root of beliefs and mindsets and fears in our lives. But as a woman who has been in business for over 14 years, I can tell you that entrepreneurship, in fact, life actually, life is the training ground for courage, tenacity, resilience, and all of these qualities that help us to deal with the obstacles that we come across. It is in the game that you develop the ability to handle rejections. Darren Hardy, who is the former publisher of Success Magazine, wanted to start his business and his father told him to first become a cold calling salesman. And he couldn't understand what the connection was. And he, it was his father said, listen, if you can handle being a salesman, you can handle being an entrepreneur. And during the course of the day, he'd get lots of doors slammed in his face. He'll get doors snarling at him, getting drenched in the rain. And often, a hellish day like that will end with zero sales. The rejection, the determination, the disappointment, all of that mixed in together, toughened him up and prepared him for entrepreneurship. 
Because the natural response to pain is to soothe it by removing yourself from its source, which is also known as quitting. If you can choose the pain or the difficulty while staring at the easier alternative, you can get used to handling your emotions better. So I'm going to share a couple of ways in which you can treat your emotions or handle them. The first is to use fear to propel you forward. It was an uneventful evening when I received a couple of emails. First one, then two, and by the end of the evening, six of my trusted suppliers who we had built a relationship with over the years. Um, We'd been in and out of the financial crisis together because when you work with people, they become family. They all emailed and their emails all had an identical request. They wanted to terminate their business relationship with me because according to them, we've just signed an agreement with another UK company and we can no longer work with you. One of them was so excited about whatever promises this company had made to them that she accidentally copied me into an email to the so-called British company and I was able to read the whole thread. It turned out to be a fellow small business owner, female, just like me, and her words were almost malicious. I understand that business isn't personal, but I don't believe in pulling down another woman so you can use her as a ladder to climb up. Needless to say, I was afraid. I wasn't even angry, at least not initially. I was just fearful. I saw the end of my business flash before my eyes. I remember going out for a run that evening. Perhaps I was going to cry, to pray, to get some air. I can't quite remember, but I do remember just putting on my trainers and just running. And now as I think about it, that was me transforming or transmuting my emotion of intense fear into some action. By the time I got back home, my fear had turned to anger. (laughs) But the anger did give way to determination and a promise never to put myself in a position where others could call the shots in my business. That evening, I prayed and I stayed open to God's answer. It was simple. Design and manufacture your own products. That way, no one can tell you what you can and cannot do. Oh, and that British company, last I heard, they had stopped trading. Having our own furniture design has taught me so much about craftsmanship and the processes. It's given me the flexibility to serve literally every type of customer in my niche. I've become confident of the ability that God placed in me and I'm certain of his faithfulness to me. Now, I truly believe that every problem can be solved, but not always in the way that we expect it to be. In this instance, fear propelled me forward. Because of that, I actually cannot be mad at fear. I can't run away from fear. I've now got to stand in front of it and see how I can use it as a springboard to move me onto the next stage because I see that it does play a role in our lives. I believe that 
we don't have to allow our emotions to decide for us. We can actually use them as a tool to move us forward. I'm also learning the differences between a fear that's sparked by an external force and the one that's sparked by what's going on inside. I'm inclined to believe that even external causes of fear need an internal receptor to latch onto it for it to be effective. And these receptors lie on the surface of our minds or our mindsets. So think back to a time when fear birthed something good for you. If you're reluctant to experience the emotion of fear, I want you to come away from that reluctance and start to see how you can use it as a tool instead. My second tip on how to handle your intense emotion or how to use it for your own good is to draw boundary lines around it. I have found that the people we love tend to live in our hearts and they can rearrange the furniture in minutes. The time came for me to change the way I was living. I was overwhelmed with work and family life and having four sons, one husband, two rabbits and a growing business will do that to you, trust me. (laughs) So I had an idea to organize my life into categories and, you know, create established routines in each category. I was on a 10. It was the first time in a long time that I felt I had control over my own life and I could decide the direction it would go. The idea of segmenting one's life helps the busy entrepreneur to pay sufficient attention to all areas without dropping the ball because that's what I was doing. I divided mine into five home, family, business, my inspirational platform, hey podcast listeners, and myself. Actually, now it's six. There is a sixth item on there, but at the time it was five. Because you know, they say that you should put yourself at the top of the list, right? Well, if you're not even on the list, how are you going to get to the top? So it was necessary to have a column for myself. And under each category, I listed every activity that I would normally carry out and consider to be blessing that area of my life. For example, under the column of house came repairs, laundry, cleaning, that sort of thing. Under family came eating together at table, feeding my family healthy meals, having heart-to-heart talks with my kids and so on, and the list went on. So every time I cooked or every time we sat together at table as a family, I got the assurance that I was blessing my family and meeting one of my goals in this category. When I did laundry or organized repairs or even designing or interiors of my home, I was blessing it. When I had a manicure or a quiet cup of tea by myself, that was me taking time out for talks. So I'd been living in this controlled, blissful, contented life for a few weeks when one day a son came back from school with a bad report. I was so livid that even after his father and I had a word with him and he apologized and even began to make amends immediately, I stayed angry. The next day, I barely got any work done. That's my business column did not get attention. We did not eat at table and we could have. We had takeout. 
my family didn't get the attention they needed. There was a load of laundry I was meant to do. I didn't even look at it. And I didn't even so much as have a cup of tea by myself. What had happened was I allowed the issue in one area to spill into all the other areas. I was having a fire and it spread across every boundary that I had previously marked out. And this pulled me backwards emotionally and chronologically. My husband always says that men are like a chest of drawers with different drawers for different issues, while women, or at least me, tend to have one large drawer where everything goes in. Do you remember that movie, What Women Want? That's one of my favorite movies. I don't know how many times I've watched it, but it never gets old for me. It's got uh, Mel Gibson in it, and I think they did an excellent job of showing us what a woman's mind is like. There was a scene where he was walking on the bridge and as the women walked past him, he could hear, did I turn off the oven? I hope I won't be late. I must remember to send that email all within seconds from one woman. And then he ran into a group of female joggers and it was like an earthquake because their combined thoughts was like crazy. (laughs) Us women, we can be cooking, talking to a friend on the phone thinking about a project at work while wondering if the kids are doing their chores all at exactly the same time. So I can see how our emotions can spill into other areas and affect unrelated plans. Reserve a space in your heart, regardless of the emotion you're experiencing, a space that fear cannot spill into. That's something that I had to do when My son was very ill in hospital years ago, which I will talk about that whole period in the future. But I had to make intelligent decisions at a critical moment. And one of my decisions was not to tell my husband just how bad it was, because I knew that his reaction will spill into other areas of my heart. I said at at the beginning of this part of the podcast that The people we love take up every space in our heart and they can rearrange things however they choose. And the same part of me, the little bit of me that wasn't panicking because the rest of me was, the little bit that wasn't panicking made smart decisions in that moment to choose the words I said to my husband, choose who I was going to call and speak to. When I began my journey of leaving from the inside out, I came to understand that there was a deeper, more trusting part of me that I was to take instructions from. The challenge then became how to bypass my physical or natural impulses and also my emotional pulls because that's how we live. That's how I have lived for most of my life. It's something I recently started praying about and I've got to thank you for that and here's why. You see, it's one thing to keep my thoughts and my revelations within the privacy of my journal, but authenticity demands that I live the life I say I live. I cannot sit on the high horse that is called Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you're listening and make declarations to live from the inside out while I'm doing the exact opposite. So I've gone from writing and talking about it 
to consciously trying, trying to live it. And I've got to tell you, it's unnatural. When my emotions are leading me, though, I know it. I'm not unaware, but it's so much easier to go with the flow of anger or pain or joy than the alternative, which is why the practice of not making emotional decisions, episode six, is necessary. Here are my three tips for navigating our emotions. Number one, separate your thoughts. Our thoughts can be best described as a ball of wool with different colors of threads. Develop a habit of separating your thoughts so that you can see exactly what you're dealing with. This then allows you to address each one as opposed to being fearful of whatever outcome is awaiting you. I do this through journaling. I'm sure you've guessed. Episode two explains best my system for unraveling this ball of wool through separating the assumption from the fact. I do so also by talking to a particular type of friend, which is my second tip. Talk to your sisters or brothers. More than ever, I see the need to curate my circle of friends. We must be intentional about those we have in our circle and even more importantly, understand the role each one plays in your life. The words we hear when we're experiencing an intense emotion can forever redesign your path. So while you're in a strong, powerful, astute state of mind, choose the people you need in your life. Surround yourself also with healthy reading material. Some of what we read, we're not going to remember, but it then goes on to shape the way that we think so that we can make informed decisions later. If you're going through what you might call crisis, regardless of how small or large that it is, call a friend when you're finding it difficult to sort through your thoughts. Not the one that will join in with you and freak out. There is a place for that one, trust me, and I have those in my life too. But one who is calm and able to handle the crisis better. I need those. A few days ago, I overheard my husband on the phone speaking to someone who was hysterical. I had to admire and love him all over again because he was so calm And he waited for her to freak out and he waited for her to stop freaking out. Then he told her to listen and he gave her steps to take. He didn't even raise an eyebrow at her freaking out. I've got a friend who speaks in a monotone. I cannot, cannot imagine her being hysterical. I imagine her reaction if I told her she's just been left a million bucks in the wheel. Her reaction, just like my husband's, will probably be, well, that's nice. (laughs) My third and final tip is to do something physical. Leave the environment if you can and get some air. A walk in the park or anywhere you can find nature, especially greenery, will help. Because blue and green have a calming, relaxing feeling or effect on our psyche which is why they're used in places where you need to be relaxed, like the doctor's office. Think of scrubs. Transforming your intense emotion, whether it's fear or whatever it is, or even anger, 
into a deliberate action will put you in control. Listen, we are all going to respond to our emotions. We may sit and do nothing. That's still an action. Or we might freak out over the phone. That's also an action. Since you'll be acting out anyway, why not make it something productive? When I'm upset or worried, I tend to clean. And it's not a conscious need to transfer my emotions, or maybe it's subconscious, but I feel a need to put my surroundings in order. I think that helps to put my thoughts in order too, but for sure, it gives me a sense of control. And I wouldn't feel like I'm spiraling out and my emotions are just, you know, controlling me. I would love to carry on this conversation and hear your thoughts. And we can do this on social media at Tox Arotere. That's my handle on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. If you are yet to subscribe, please do so. And if you've enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating. I'm also growing my listenership and would be so grateful if you can share with your network. Listen, I've also met a few people who are new to podcasting. And for that reason, I've created a how to listen to podcast guide on my website, which is talksarutere.com. Thank you for listening and remember to live always from the inside out. Mm-hmm.